Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional book into the art of horror and all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Adrian. And I'm Stormy. <laughs> and we are back. Oh, wow. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. Whoa. Shady's, I mean, Slash Her is back. <laughs> Tell a friend. Hey, hi, Stormy. Hello. I have seen your beautiful face recently. Yeah, I mean, we are returning to the podcast sphere, but me and Stormy have actually seen each other twice now. You made two different visits up to see me in like the last month, right? I have. That's to see my baby. This is the longest that we've gone without seeing each other. Like the panini kept us apart. <laughs> I mean, oh, you, <laughs> you mean prior to this? Yes. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, it was a long break. So we needed it. We deserved it. But yeah, now we're back. We were off for about a month right yeah close to like a month of like no recording no episodes and as much as we i don't know i feel like we kind of come off as a little bit irresponsible podcasters because we did spend time together a good amount of time together and did nothing for the podcast but we also have a lot of life going on (laughs) which is why we spent so much time together so yeah and i I guess I can I can uh, understand the irresponsible claims because I cannot tell you like this entire month that we've been doing nothing for the podcast that I've completely felt like a disaster. But I will say, you know, thank you to everybody who's listening and to any new listeners. And if you guys are joining us for like your first new episode, I guess, in the last month, I mean, our downloads have been great. I mean, we've been having a lot of interaction and we've still been doing really well over the last month. I could probably credit my... <laughs> nonsense on Twitter and just being able to still kind of tweet my thoughts out because I mean it's been tough it's been a tough month and quite honestly I'm shocked that we're here like only a month later to be honest because I girl mental breaks they're always needed so I'm very proud of us for being here even only a month later so what better way to tackle any of that than just talking horror movies (laughs) what better way to come back by doing whatever the fuck we want (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah so this week i mean obviously as well we're kind of coming back with the chilling and killing it's literally been so long since we've done chilling and killing uh, but we're gonna just kind of talk some shit i guess kind of catch up on some of the news and some of the movies that we watched since we were gone because we were still doing things you know obviously <laughs> just not podcast related but i'm very excited to be back me too thank you like adrian said thank you for continuing to support us even through the hard times yeah, because it was tough. I mean, honestly, taking a break from the podcast. I mean, we've done a couple of breaks like here and there before, but this is probably like the longest break that we've had. And it felt very strange. It really did. Like this has been our life for over a year now. So even just taking a month and like just completely doing something completely different and like not focusing on like any of it, any editing, any notes, any like hardcore researching on a movie. It felt weird, but it felt nice. It felt like it was needed and it re recharges the batteries, I guess you can say. While we were away from Slasher, though, we both were not away from podcasting. We did guest, we did both have guest uh, appearances on other podcasts. I personally had TGIF, um, the lovely cat, welcomed me on, and Adrian was on with Horror Queers for Sorority Row. Yes. Whoa. Very exciting. But I have missed our own platform. Um, it stresses me the fuck out being on somebody else's platform because I know if I say something wrong, I am not upsetting anybody else's quote unquote fan base or following. Like these are my people <laughs> <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm responsible. for. Them. I feel like they're my flock. They understand me <laughs> and I can't say that for other people not to say that they would judge me like any other people's followings but I just feel more comfortable in my own space oh no yeah I completely understand that 100 because I'm the same way I mean you know me with the editing like I'm so precise and like I just if I and we all know I snort even if I snore during recording I'm like maybe I shouldn't because I don't want that to like just bother somebody because I always think of like in the position of hearing and like being a listener like what I want to hear um Maybe I shouldn't project onto all our listeners like that, but I'm like, oh, I wouldn't want to hear that. And so I just take it out. So yeah, being on other people's podcasts is always like really nerve wracking because I'm like, I could probably just like breathe really funny in this one spot. And they're like, oh, whatever. And they'll leave it in and then I'll re-listen to it. And I'll be like, 
not them leaving me like triggered. <laughs> yeah, it literally sounds like I'm like chowing down on like a fucking five dollar box from KFC or something, and like they just Ooh. leave it in. So KFC, a KFC biscuit right now would hit, girl. Honestly, um. <laughs> also, I whenever I was driving up there to see you this last time, I listened to our original prom night episode, and girl talking about snorting we were two pigs in a pod that night because (laughs) we started so much i love it i don't think we've laughed that hard since at least not on maybe not like while recording i don't i have to go back and listen to it because i haven't like listened to like the part where we actually like died of laughter Mm -hmm. um but i feel like we laughed like almost every episode i actually went back and listened to in our little break, uh, our Halloween episode, because when the trailer dropped, and we'll talk about that here in a bit, because we're going to do some house cleaning, y'all, because we've been out for a whole month. Um, but when that trailer dropped for Halloween Kills, like we started getting increased downloads in our Halloween episode that we did last year, which is nice. I was like, you know what, let me go back and listen to it again. And I love us. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back in the booth, I said. Let's roll. We sound great. But in the booth, by the booth, you mean my closet. <laughs> <laughs> by the booth I mean like right next to my bed but mm. yeah so listening to that I was like you know what we're we're doing we're doing all right I would say it's a fun episode so if you haven't listened to that episode and you're excited to see Halloween Kills then yeah keep up the hype and go listen to it or listen to it again I don't give a fuck just listen to it because it's great right speaking of Halloween Kills I don't know are you ready to get into that yeah so everybody obviously let's just do some Again, like I said, some house cleaning. We've been down and out for a month. I mean, we've been tweeting our thoughts and whatnot, especially I, uh, but we haven't been able to come on here and talk about it with you guys or like express it vocally. So yeah, let's get into some things, starting with, like Stormy said, the Halloween Kills trailer. Okay, so personally, I'm annoyed because I was able to avoid the trailer until you and I went to the movies and we walked in the instant that bitch started playing. And I had made my personal choice to be like, there's always just too much in movie trailers recently. I just want to be surprised. I'm just going to vibe. We were late to the movie in true (laughs) us fashion. We had to get snacks. (laughs) Snacks were more important. And uh, I was like, okay, we're probably going to miss it. Walked straight into that bitch. So... (laughs) I'm frustrated. <laughs> and I'm the opposite. I was like trying to get us to the movie theater quickly because I wanted to watch the trailer on the big screen. So I remember me and Stormy were both like hoping. I'll say, I hope we see it. And Stormy was like, I hope we don't. I hope we miss it. So we're going back and forth and we walked in and it was playing and it was just one of those small little victories you get in being a petty little bitch. Just so happy I got to see it on the big screen. But I did feel bad that Stormy <laughs> was forced into <laughs> watching it. But I mean, from what you saw, let's kind of get into it because the internet broke with this trailer. Like, right. Not only with the excitement, but also with a lot of anger towards it. And I'm kind of at the point now where I'm kind of overhearing about that. Like, I'm so tired about people talking about trailers showing too much because it's been the same conversation for like the last 10 years. Like we get what, I mean, which is why like Stormy, she chooses to not watch it because, you know, they already know that it's going to probably show some kills. It's going to show some stuff that, you know, if you're going into the movie and you want to watch it spoiler free, then you probably shouldn't watch the trailer. You know what I'm saying? But of course, Halloween Kills dropped and it brought a lot to the table, um, which hyped up. But also, again, yeah, kind of upset some people. But from what you saw, did you enjoy? A whole feast. I I try and bring like a, kill, a rough estimate of a kill count to almost every one of our episodes, especially as we get further in. And um, I don't know how I'm going to do that for Halloween kills because the trailer alone, honey, bodies hit the floor. We, (laughs) I'm slightly triggered by how many deaths, like just how many we were faced in the trailer alone. So I'm excited, but like, my God. Yeah, it's insane. And I love, I mean, I guess we kind of already knew where they were going with the movie and Mm -hmm. spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen the trailer or for anybody who is not wanting to spoil themselves with anything before they watch the movie. Fast forward, like, I don't know, 10 minutes just to be safe. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But um, 
yeah, so I mean, with the trailer, I mean, again, we kind of already knew the story going into it, but it's crazy to really think that it's just all taking place on the exact same night. Like, it's insane to me. Kind of like the original Halloween and Halloween 2, where they were all on the same night. This one just continues the same story, and I don't know, it's crazy. Lori is posted up in the hospital, at least from what we see, so I don't know, like, how much she's going to be outside of that hospital, but she looks cozy sitting in that little hospital. It looks like she's not doing much, <laughs> but we'll have to see, because, you know, Lori's not going to just sit down and not do anything. Right. I am imagine her just ripping her IV out and stomping out of the hospital at some point. I mean, there's a small clip in the trailer of her stopping out of the hospital <laughs> at one point. <laughs> so she's going to do it. But from what they've chosen to show us, it shows us, it looks like she's in recovery initially from the first film, which I mean, she was yeah. getting her ass beat in that first movie. She was getting thrown from windows. So yeah, it would make some sense for her to at least be in some type of recovery process. Honestly, Lori's a badass bitch because she's I don't know, maybe in her, I would say like 60s in this these films, 50s, probably. I'm sure. Maybe, or maybe 60s. I mean, she has a whole ass adult and a teenage granddaughter. So you're right. She's probably um, 50, 60 at least. Yeah. Somewhere in there. But like, like you said, she's just fucking getting her ass handed to her and she's taking it like a fucking champ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, even Karen and Allison in this trailer look pretty badass. I mean, they had some development in the first movie. So I'm very excited, uh, if anything, to see their growth. Because Allison especially looks like she's like, she's ready to fight, honey. Like she's grabbing guns. She's like on the hunt with the rest of this, uh, with the rest of Haddonfield looking for Michael. And Karen, you know, is just there being Karen, but she's still a badass. I'm sure there's a one scene in the trailer too, where she's like holding onto Michael's mask and she's like screaming at him to come and get it. So I don't know what type of crazy bitch, I don't know who has like the willpower or the nerve even to just walk up to Michael Myers and rip his mask from his face and then taunt him with it. Like, I don't know. Nerve. So much nerve. Like, I can't. Like, I'm gagging. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. Not even in, like, my... Not even in my nightmare would I even, like, attempt to try to do something like that. That is insane to me. Right. But, you know, she's defending her daughter. I mean, again, we don't know too much from the trailer, but it looks like she's defending her daughter from about to get, you know, or from getting her ass handed to her by Michael. So... I don't know, girl. It shows a lot. It does. It shows a lot of the kills, but it doesn't really show too much more. I feel like... I feel like we really don't know much more to the story than, you know, Michael's still around, the town's upset, and he's killing a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm hoping that they can deliver more than that. And I'm hoping, obviously, and I feel like there's going to be a lot more kills than what they show in that trailer. Mm-hmm. But from what we see, it does seem very gruesome. Like when he first leaves the house, they pretty much show us like, they show him pretty much killing everybody <laughs> when he uh, emerges from the house of flames. So, and that shit looks badass. I can't deny the Haddonfield funeral fucking industry is booming. Girl, imagine the next day, November 1st, is going to be a fucking tough day for this town. <laughs> How, oh, Halloween's going to fucking suck. <laughs> Very funny. But the trailer, it, again, it's so badass. Like, it really is. It hyped me up, at least. But, I mean, honestly, this movie was delayed for so long so so long and at this point i mean i mean people are still going to be excited but they have to do what they can to make people excited as well october is coming up soon within like a handful of months it's going to be here so what better way than to hype up the entire internet than with the badass trailer that shows michael being a complete psychopath we're going to be well fed in the end end of this year and beginning of next um there's so many excited exciting things coming up this fall that I'm really just holding on through the end of summer (laughs) (laughs) because there's so much coming. You know what? I'm a little nervous because, uh, I mean, I'm rolling with the astrologers (laughs) because a lot of people on TikTok and then with me being, you know, nosy as I am when I see one TikTok, then I just go to Google and start researching things. Uh, But, you know, it's not looking too good for us moving forward throughout the rest of the year, at least according to astrology. And I'm going to roll with them because they warned us about 2020 a few years back and we didn't, nobody cared. And now they're saying, of course, to probably be a little bit nervous moving into the last part of this year. I guess not to be nervous. A lot of them are just saying to be mentally prepared pretty much or as prepared as you can. Uh, But where <laughs> the energy, at least that is being talked about on TikTok, is talking about a potential 
uh, another lockdown coming our way, which I mean, quite honestly, with this country, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but we're possibly looking at another type of lockdown, uh, that the pandemic itself is, it's not over, but you know, no. we're choosing to act like it is. Um, but the pandemic itself is just going to heighten from where we already are on top of global warming girl. It has been so hot. It has been so hot, but astrologers are warning us, obviously moving into winter, on like a global it like on a global scale we're really going to kind of take a little bit more notice of global warming so i mean just from what is circulating around the internet from our lovely astrologers i don't know it looks a little nerve-wracking heading into the last half of this year so i at least want to be able to get these movies released <laughs> i need them because i can't like i can't go back into lockdown and end up being another year out of nowhere you know us going into and expecting it to be a month and then it'd be months on end and then these movies are pushed back any longer so at least by the grace of the stars at least allow us to watch halloween kills before all of this because i need it like i literally cannot wait another another second more than october 15th of 2021 i mean i'm trying to hold on till scream so uh, <laughs> that's a little bit longer than october but you're right but girl listen honestly go get vaccinated please just calm the fuck down I am. like <laughs> no everybody in general oh, i was like uh i was the first one out of all of us what do you mean like listen everybody if you're listening please literally go get vaccinated do what you can because shit is still serious i mean we're lucky as a country to be getting vaccinated at the rate that we're getting vaccinated and even then we're probably not being vaccinated at the rate we need to be vaccinating on top of like every other country that's like going in and out of the lockdown so like shit is still very serious whether you like to look into it or whether you like to believe it or not and especially since we're heading into fucking fall like i would like to be able to enjoy fall again halloween horror nights was just announced officially so obviously hyped up for that. Definitely want to try to figure out how to get down there and make some plans, but I don't want that shit to be canceled. So I need everybody to get their shit together because I'm not going to drop money on some tickets and then it have to be refunded to me because that's going to piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Just stay off astrology, TikTok, and we'll be okay. I believe that. <laughs> and I'm going to roll with what the astrologers are saying at this point. because Oh I yeah, I was with them throughout the fucking election. They were the only ones that gave me the tiniest bit of uh sanity during yeah. that time <laughs> honestly dude so i'm rolling with whatever they're saying because i can't like I, I can't listen to anybody else at this point i just i refuse to i'm over it i'm over all of it so i'm following them and them only <laughs> <laughs> uh but speaking of following horror nights it is coming back stormy and as far as we know thus far one of the mazes that they're going to be doing is the haunting a hill house maze which i mean girl i'm excited and if we get to go I will surely be there first in line. Oh, yes. We're dropping big money because I'm not waiting in those lines this year. Not big money. <laughs> I'm dropping, you know, yeah. Mediocre money. money. <laughs> I honestly don't know how much tickets are yet. I haven't looked into it. I probably should hurry because they'll probably sell out if anything. But I feel like not. Usually they're... I, we just need to plan when we're going and then I'll be okay. But I'm so excited. Me too. Nervous? nervous but excited oh so nervous like so that's a lot of people that's a lot of you know a good percentage of them are lying about being vaccinated um which shout out to Kay over at salem horror fest because they are going to be requiring that you display your vaccination card before you can go into the festival and enjoy the festivities and watch the films which i don't love that understand why we stand have not oh to the highest degree yes but I don't understand why we haven't been doing that everywhere. Like, everywhere. Like, how hard is it to just have somebody stand You can't door? ask me my medical record. It just makes no sense that we were fighting these idiots. <laughs> I mean, throughout <laughs> the entire pandemic. Like, legitimately. Like, the anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers. Like, we've been arguing with them this entire time. And then, just as soon as the vaccine started rolling out, the CDC and our government's just like, okay, well, whatever. Anybody can go anywhere. Who gives a flying fuck? You know, we're going to trust you. And it's a hot mess. Especially here in Vegas, girl. Like, our cases and our percentage of COVID cases are rising. A majority of the people obviously hospitalized are unvaccinated, but still, like if you go to the strip, it's just insane. People from all over the world just coming in and out, in and out at these casinos where they're not making sure you're vaccinated before you can walk around without a mask. It just is so, like, it's just like, are we stupid? Yeah. I mean, the answer is yes, but... I will say, even though Adrian and I saw each other twice, we weren't careful. We did wear our masks 
everywhere we went in public. Um, and honestly, we stayed home 98% of the time. I mean, in Adrian's home, but <laughs> like, I don't know. There's a way to visit people responsibly. And if everybody could do that, then we would be fine, but we can't. So here we are. Yeah, that's what it is. It's just the notion of people being so selfish. Like we went out and still did things. And I mean, oh my God, honestly, when you came up here, that was the first time that we had done anything. Like that's mm-hmm. the first time I've gone anywhere that wasn't like a grocery store, or like a record shop here and there. Like we actually went like to a bowling alley and to the movie theater and, uh, you know, a few other places. We wanted to eat a few places, but even like eating outdoors and stuff, it's just, it's just like weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like somebody said, I mean, more times often than not, we're like the only people with masks or, you know, out of a small majority of people with masks. So it's just crazy. And it's especially again, like if you're just like looking at the trends already with places all over the United States already and cases already kind of coming back up again. And it's just a hot mess. So please just be safe. Do what you can. I want to go to Halloween Horror Nights. God damn it. And this is our same great last year. We were talking about the same thing last year in July as well. I'm pretty sure we were saying everybody stay inside so we can go to Halloween Horror Nights. And here we are again, begging the masses to not be stupid. We do have the smallest bit of hope because we have the vaccine on our side this time, but. You're right. You're right. But even then they're already talking about booster shots and like they're already trying to look into seeing if they can uh, go ahead and order a third shot. I think Pfizer was looking at if, if they can go ahead and get the third shot approved already because with the variants that are already spreading everywhere because nobody cares and it's just mingling either way in huge groups. Girl, here in Vegas last weekend, they had a Garth Brooks concert and it was the first yes, event to happen at the Raider Stadium that they built here. And there was like 65,000 people, not a mask in sight, just all hanging out on the strip at the exact same time that Megan the Stallion was like a few blocks down at one of the casino or we at one of the clubs in the casinos. Room full of people, no masks, nobody care. On top of the fourth of July, you know, the fourth of July happening right before that, where the entire ship was packed with people watching fireworks, no masks. And I'm pretty sure like Clay, I think it was Clay Walker played um Fourth of July weekend on in Piedmont. Not Piedmont, um Fremont. Fremont. I don't know, I got Piedmont. Yeah, <laughs> Fremont. And like you said, not a single mask. So girl and they had that fight too the usc fight the conor mcgregor fight and there's a few people with masks because that thing was televised so i'm sure they probably have at least some people in masks but even then it's just like girl also honestly the fight trash conor mcgregor's leg said snap <laughs> me all i can think about is the guy from spongebob where he's like my leg <laughs> But yeah, please, everybody, again, we're like literally in the same spot from last year. Like you said, I feel a little bit better because we have the vaccine on our side. But like, come on, people, just stop being stupid because I want to go to Halloween Horror Nights so bad. And I don't want there to be any crazy lockdowns happening before then. So just be smart. Um, The only other thing, really, I guess we can kind of cover up real fast on our cleaning house. Uh, So obviously, Scream officially wrapped. So I'm hyped as fuck. Like you said, Stormy, I'm trying to make it to, (laughs) trying to make it to see Scream again in theaters is like, I'm just so excited. And they shared those like behind the scene pictures in like the editing room. I'm so excited. They took off that piss yellow fucking filter that they put on Scream 4. Oh yeah, they had like the weirdest filter that made everything look so greasy in that movie. It does. Uh, it definitely felt really greasy. It did. It felt a little strange. But from what we can tell, this gives me like Twilight vibes. It's very <laughs> bright and blue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited as all fuck, dude. I'm so mm. hyped. That's January 2022. So we're halfway there. We're literally almost done with this year. Isn't that wild? It is. I don't want to talk about it because I'm getting old very rapidly. (laughs) But yeah, so just quick touching up. I mean, yeah, we're here, guys. We're doing all right. (laughs) We made it past. uh, Probably not. We're (laughs) Uh, we're doing the best we can trying to get through the craziness of the world. But we actually are going to kind of do some quick cleaning up on a few of the most recent horror releases because we have been stacking up and watching some movies. Uh, So when we come back, we'll go ahead and discuss a few movies that we've been watching. Hey everybody, so if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. (laughs) 
Alrighty, we are back. So over the course of our month-long break, me and Stormy still kept up with a whole bunch of movies. So the first movie that we did have the privilege of watching together was The Forever Purge. So let's kind of get into our thoughts and, you know, discuss that movie a little bit. So Stormy, you wanted to go watch this movie. You brought me, you took me to the theater to watch this movie, I will say. I did. So how did you feel about this movie? Are we a fan of the Purge movies, I guess, is the best question to start with. I'm personally a fan of the Purge movies. I enjoy them. And there is a little bit more controversy to them that I was blissfully, blissfully ignorant to until I got into, like, the social media world and, like, the horror society on Twitter. Um, so... I'm very glad that I've now educated myself on those issues, but I still do enjoy the movies and I do enjoy the direction that we're going with in these movies. Cause I know sometimes when we get farther and farther along in a movie franchise, the message kind of gets lost and we're like, okay, like I'm fucking bored. Why are we here? <laughs> we're, we're obviously just farming money at this point, but this was my first movie back in a theater. So exciting. <laughs> Actually, I guess this is our second oh, movie back in the theater, right? Because when you were right. here the first time, we watched we rewatched The Conjuring three in theaters. No, you are correct. Yeah, so that was the first movie. But we've already discussed that movie on here. My first rewatch, my first original movie. How do you? Yeah, like first full how do you read that? full feature film watched in theater. Yeah. I guess because yeah, we watched The Conjuring again in theaters just to kind of get the vibe of it. Once Jeremy was here the first. Honestly, time. The Conjuring three way better in fucking theaters. Just gonna say. Hmm. <laughs> says the person who was asleep yeah <laughs> i did i fell asleep i'm so sorry i oh my god i can probably name a handful of movies that i've fallen asleep to like while in a theater and i mean i get annoyed with myself but at least i'm better than the people who like just like whip out their phones or being so loud and so obnoxious sometimes i just fall asleep so i'm the type of person where if it's really really cold i get like really cozy right. and it's easy for me to knock out it really is and if a movie's not keeping my attention Right. Or if I've seen it already twice before this, before we went to watch this movie, I had already seen it twice before we went to go watch it in theaters. I was snoozing, girl. I was out. It was late. We had pizza right before that. It didn't bother me, but it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked over and you're like, mm, yeah, yeah, this is great. And I was like, bitch, you were asleep two seconds ago. I, I got peripherals. <laughs> but yeah, I guess the first like full film that I could say that I watched in theaters as well was The Forever Purge. And, you know, with the Purge movies, I'm not a huge fan. Um, I kind of feel like they kind of suffer from the same thing that American Horror Story does, where it always kind of just feels like we're getting like a repetitive thing happening in those movies. Mm -hmm. It's probably a lot more heavy-handed than American Horror Story because they at least change their themes every season, even though it always kind of falls flat. I feel like with the Purge movies, it's like the same thing. And like you said, I mean, as movies, series kind of, go on and on and on and on sometimes like the message or like the initial thought behind like the first few can get lost but I feel like the purge is one of those series where they just they kind of keep that message in the forefront and they hammer it down your throat so much but I still really enjoyed this most recent one I wasn't a fan of the first uh, not the first purge the first purge movie but like the actual first purge uh I wasn't a real, I just wasn't a fan of it. I didn't enjoy it. It didn't hit like I was hoping it would hit. Uh, The Purge Anarchy was really fun. Um, I think when you kind of think of The Purge and like all crime being legal, that movie really kind of took it to the level I think a lot of people were probably thinking what would be actually happening outside of a house. So it was nice to kind of see that. But then beyond that, like they just were immediately just kind of throwing everything at the wall, at least from what I could tell. I haven't really like chosen to watch anything else since then until this one so i haven't seen the third one i haven't seen the fourth one um and this is the first one i've seen since the second one and i enjoyed it i think it's really fun i mean i guess minor spoilers um i do like that with this movie they kind of flip the script a little bit and it happens the day after the purge so like the actual purge event is pretty calm and cool for our main characters but it's the day after where shit kind of starts to hit the fan and i had a good time i will say I straight up thought I fell asleep because like, like you said, every, every purge movie before this is focused on the actual purge. And so like, we see them chilling and fucking playing games. And then all of a sudden it's the day after. And I like looked around, I looked at both of y'all and I was like, "Mm, did I fall asleep? Like (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't a hundred percent sure I didn't miss it. (laughs) Uh, I will say that with this movie, 
horror adjacent it is, but my goodness, is the action like at the forefront of this movie. Like in the middle of the movie, I looked at Stormy and I was like, this is the fast and the forever purge because like, it, is, <laughs> it is just like so much. Like they're driving around this big ass semi truck. They're just whipping out guns. I don't even know they have like, they have like an unlimited amount of ammo, which I don't understand, but they're like running around with submachine guns, just shooting people. I mean, I don't know if they're submachine guns. I don't fucking know, but they're just shooting guns this entire movie. And I'm just like, girl, I mean, power to you guys. I'm all about it, but it's very heavy on the action. So I guess if you're into like an action horror thriller kind of thing, I mean, it's a great movie. It's enjoyable. It's fun. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't like really horrific beyond, I mean, I guess like the subject matter of just a whole day of (laughs) free crime anyways. Right. I mean, it's a little squishy. It's pretty, honestly, I had a good time. Again, like I can't fault it. There wasn't really anything that like I just could not stand. Well, some moments of the dialogue were a little, yeah. um, a little uh, like I'm like rolling my eyes while listening to it but I will say I do thoroughly enjoy this movie of course just for its heavy influence of Mexican culture obviously I mean I think it takes place in like a small Texas town so obviously kind of growing up near the Texas border in New Mexico like we understand just how influential like a lot of those small Texas cities are just by Mexican culture Mm -hmm. Um, so it's nice to kind of see that brought to the screen Uh, it was nice to see our two leads of course be Mexican individuals it was nice to have a film also in theaters on the big screen where a lot of the dialogue was in Spanish it's a mm-hmm. good time I enjoyed that tremendously but yeah I mean some of the dialogue is just so cringy and like I can't help but remind there's one instance with one older white man where he's about to get his head <laughs> blown the fuck off and his entire we did steal this land <laughs> <laughs> yeah girl, his entire monologue I'm just like okay do you want a cookie for this sir like just blow his brains out and let's move the fuck on right but it's still a good time. I really did enjoy it. I 100% like you said. I half expected Vin Diesel to like pop out and be like, "We're family." Like <laughs> <laughs> at any, at literally any moment, I was waiting right. for it to happen. I feel like he could just like take off his mask and it's Vin Diesel. And you're like, "Oh, <laughs> this makes sense now. I got you." <laughs> That's a hot mess. I will also roll my. I was also rolling my eyes at one point too with, uh, like the one white man in the film that we like follow around some rich. <laughs> Guy. I thought he was going to lose his shit and kill his family. I was but... hoping he was going to get it at any second in that movie, but it didn't happen. At the end, they were trying to make us feel for him, and I did not care. But there's also a moment in the car, too, where he's talking to um, one of our Mexican leads. And, like, just his dialogue, I was also, I was just rolling my eyes the entire time. I won't say too much, just because we have a whole, we have, we have other movies to discuss as well. Uh, but just be wary that the dialogue is very cringy and makes you roll your eyes. Well, at least it made me roll my eyes. That's a good time. If you're like really into, you know, explosions with your horror, then this is it. Right. I was trying to think, what was it? Horror directed by Michael Bay. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but watch it honestly to support Mexican stories and characters and actors, um, if anything. Because right. again, it's still a solid delivery of the fifth film in the franchise and the fact that it's still pretty interesting, I will say, it speaks volumes for the series itself. Like truly, honestly, like I'm actually quite intrigued to see where they go with this. And now I'm actually wanting to go back and watch the third and the fourth because of this movie. So I think it did its job. Yay. Uh, let's get into the, the bread and the butter, honey, because I have been just just filming at the mouth to talk about these movies. And it, uh, quite honestly, probably the only reason we're even back <laughs> from our hiatus and like just trucking through it now at this point is because of Fear Street. So we were able to watch the first two, 1994, 1978. And when this episode drops, I mean, 19, or what is it? 1666 is coming out this yeah. exact same day. So after you listen to this, go and watch that movie. But we got to see both of them. And I have a lot of thoughts on these movies. I'm glad you do. I'm honestly flying by the seat of my pants. So (laughs) I'm here with you, (laughs) girl. These movies have like caused a little bit of a stir. I will say probably it would seem online. Because I think Mm. a lot of people, especially with 1994, they were very confused. I think I was a little bit confused on like what they were aiming to do. But on multiple rewatches, I was. I will say the first time that I watched 1994, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't like completely like knocked off my feet by it. I don't know. It didn't hit like I thought it was going to hit. I 
think is probably the best way to put it. It just, everything that I had built up in my head, it didn't meet that. So in rewatching it again, it, it just, it felt different. And I'm the type of person where I need to watch a movie a few times. I just need to be able to do that. Uh, for me to be able to fully enjoy it, to be able to listen to the dialogue again and see certain scenes again, and even kind of go into it with the knowledge of what's going to happen. It lets me, it lets my brain like kind of open up and like kind of focus on other things instead of like focusing so hard on like the dialogue and stuff the first time around. So sometimes I feel like I lose a lot of stuff in my first viewing. So I wasn't, I just, I was so disappointed the first time I watched this movie. But in rewatching it again with you, Stormy, and my sister, it just felt different. And I think I wasn't also by myself. And like hearing you guys react to things, and I think that's probably why people enjoy like the theater experience as well. But hearing you guys react to things and like respond to stuff and like ask questions and like be so entertained by it really heightened my viewing of it and it allowed me to be like, yeah, this is a good fucking time. Because I can sit there like a fucking sad sack on the fucking, on my bed, eating fucking popcorn and shoveling it down my throat by myself, fighting through my depression. And I'm just like, this is like kind of disappointing. But then I can watch it with friends and I'm like, oh yeah, this is kind of hype. So this is one of the movies I feel like would probably work better maybe in a setting like that. I had a blast right away. So, and I I did rewatch it with my mom of all people. And I, I still thought it was enjoyable. So uh, maybe I'm just blissfully ignorant to the all the issues that people <laughs> have. I think that's one of my biggest faults, like as a person, is I'm just not self-aware. And I am trying to work on that, but it very it bleeds over into my consumption of media. And a lot of the issues that people were pointing out, I just they just didn't hit with me. Right. But I, I don't know. See, for me, I guess a lot of the issues that I had with the film, and I, I mean, anybody, the thing with, you know, art, I mean, this is what this is. The thing is with art is you can interpret it in any way that you want to. Anybody can watch this movie and take whatever it is that they want from it and dissect it and analyze it and have their own thought on this piece of art. That's perfectly fine. Everybody's going to have different opinions. Everybody's going to look at something differently. And somebody's or everybody's going to consume everything differently. That's just the way it works. Not everybody's going to like this movie. I will say for myself personally with watching the movie, it definitely was the tone. I was a little thrown off by the tone because there was at times where I felt like I was watching like a teenage show on like the CW, like Riverdale, or even at times like even like the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Like it kind of gave me that vibe, like that tongue in cheek, almost campy vibe that those shows provide but at the same time we're getting like these really gruesome kills in between all of these scenes so the tone kind of felt a little bit off on top of it also like trying to maybe feel like it's more garnered towards or more focused on like pleasing an adult audience while also kind of keeping the show feeling like it's more intended for a more teenage audience so the overall tone at least in 1994 really kind of threw me off the first viewing just because I was a little bit unsure how to kind of feel about a lot of it. But it wasn't even, at that point, it wasn't even like a big thing for me to where I was like, this was an awful movie. The tone wasn't so wonky that I was just like never wanting to watch it again. I can just notice there was instances in the movie where I was just like cocking my head a little bit uh, and I was kind of questioning a few things and I felt a little bit weird every now and then, but it wasn't enough to completely just turn me off to it. Um, Also, another big thing I did have an issue with was the characterization of our two leads. At least again, for me, it took multiple viewings for me to kind of start to notice more things and be able to kind of connect with them on a deeper level as characters, which I knew was going to happen. But in the first go around, like everybody in the main cast was enjoyable except for our two leads. And it really made me upset because we're also getting a queer story in this film. And I mean, any and all queerness is going to be welcome in any film that I watched. So the fact that we're able to get a film like this, where it was these two girls who are, of course, expressing their love for one another, and just being able to see that dynamic and that story brought to screen in a horror film, in a, I would even say like a mainstream horror, a mainstream horror film like this is a big deal. But I was a little bit upset that we had these two queer characters, these two girls. And then at the same time, their characters felt, at, at least on first viewing to me, just felt like the most disconnected from everybody. Like, I feel like they didn't give a fuck about any of their friends who were, you know, bringing the comedy and bringing the entertainment to the group. Dina just seems so aggressive. And even then, like, I understand. And in terms of her aggression, I mean, I could very much adhere to that aggression. Like, I understand where she's coming from. Her, she as a character is very relatable in the sense of just her trauma and 
the way that it's projected and, you know, kind of pushed onto everybody else because, I mean, as a character, she's gone through a lot. So I understood that. It just kind of sucks because I feel like in the movie, like, it's just like kind of glossed over. Like they don't really look into it too much. So she just comes off as being so aggressive and rude and even tries to attempt to kill her ex-girlfriend. And we just kind of roll with it and are supposed to just like, just kind of go along with it. Like it's not really addressed. And I felt bad for Sam as well because she was a little bit bland my first time watching, but she grew on me the second viewing. And by the third viewing, I mean, she quite slowly, slowly is becoming somebody that I really enjoy probably a lot out of the characters, but it took a little bit to get used to them. Um, so those are like oh, my biggest thing. <laughs> She's a little bit, she, I don't know. Again, that was probably my biggest thing though, watching it the first time was, our two main leads and just like their development and their connection to the other cast members. It is disappointing to get queer representation in horror in this way. And I, like you said, queer representation is always going to be welcome, but it's really, I feel like it's only there as a plot point. That's it. There's no reason for them to be queer. Like they literally just, they let the mom, I think the mom's like not happy with it. And then that's really it. They have sex and like, that's really it. Like, I don't know. It's just frustrating that it felt like, yeah, they're trying, but it's not really hitting the way that they want it to, at least in my eyes. While the movie is still enjoyable, I just feel like there's a lot more behind the queerness that they could have added if that makes any sense whatsoever no i definitely understand i mean for me i don't i don't need a reason you know for them to be queer i don't need them to like even make it like super obvious i don't need that i'd rather get to the point in media and unfortunately i don't think we're there yet right um but i'd rather get to the point in the media where you know they're queer they're gay they're trans, they're pansexual, they're bisexual. They're Mm -hmm. that way because that's who they are. I don't need like an explanation. I don't need something to be set up to like make it a big moment because that's just who they are. Unfortunately, that's just, that's just not our reality at this point. So I don't need like an introduction like that. But I understand, like you said, like if the queerness is going to be there and if they're going to be giving us the story, I know there's, again, I get there's a lot happening, but definitely maybe just a little bit more care to their characters and their story and their romance because i mean right their development as a relationship because you don't i feel like they're not in love they're not dating like it really just feels like they're almost queer baiting us they're like oh look at these lesbians and then like Mm -hmm. that's it like they just gloss over them as people like their relationship their angst their like it only comes in play when it's convenient for them and that's frustrating yeah, very frustrating, especially because, and I don't mind that they're showing us like a relationship, a, a queer gay relationship that is going through turmoil because that's perfectly no, fine. Of course. I don't mind that, but they're throwing us in literally in the thick of like probably the most toxic, you know, the most toxic point of their relationship. Like they're literally like, literally like they're throwing us into the thick of it. Dina's like literally writing how much she hates her at the beginning of the movie. Uh, we get into like their heated little argument at the school, wherever they're, Sunnyvale. But like we get these moments of just like seeing how much like hatred and bad blood and just how much unresolved trauma or issues are happening between them. And I know like kind of being thrown into, you know, being hunted (laughs) by a whole bunch of killers is going to probably heighten the situation for anybody. But like, like there's so much turmoil that they're enduring as a couple that's just completely glossed over by the end of the movie. And I get it and I understand it. And it's a movie. I'm not going to buy into it too much. But that was like one of the big things that I was kind of annoyed with when I first watched it. But as the movies are progressing and even with the second one, I mean, it really didn't adhere to their, or it didn't really, you know, provide too much more insight to their characters, but it's at least building the story, the overall story that we're being given. And I just hope it, by the third movie, like even their entire relationship, it kind of feels a little bit more of a, I don't know, if they're going to be in love by the end of it, I definitely want there to be some type of actual exploration of the relationship a little bit, just so it kind of feels like a full closure instead of just like a Hollywood happy ending now they're just back together kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But with that, this movie is so fucking gorgeous. The music in this in this first movie is everything. I mean, the 90s vibes. Literally my day-to-day playlist <laughs> I was living so many needle drops in this movie that like it's a joke at this point amongst mm. everybody in the horror community but you know what i don't 
give a fuck. They are so fun every single time they happen. Like, I just, I don't care. My my brain functions like that. Like every day I go through life and I'm like, there's a song playing in my head like at any given moment. Cause it's- Right, this is how I live. Yeah, cause it just applies to like that moment. You know how mm-hmm. many times like I'm just sitting there and Nirvana just kicks off in my head. Cause I'm like, this is just like kind of that vibe right now. I don't right. even have to listen to it. It's just in my head. So I didn't mind the needle drops. I They were uh, excessive, yes, but I didn't hate them at all. And again, I mean, it's a film that's like falling on teenagers in the 90s. I don't care. It was great. I enjoyed it. Same. I was jamming to every single one. So good. I mean, from the jump as well, again, like even with our opening scene with Maya Hawk, like it was great. It was fun. It was so beautiful. The whole, the whole setup, just gorgeous colors. Like you said, the whole, just the set design, just everything in the whole is beautiful. Yeah, the whole mall, girl. The neon lights, the black lights. Just, it was so gorgeous. It was so gorgeous. And they opened the movie with showing the wrong number, which is one of my favorite Fear Street books. So I was so hyped when they showed that uh, that book straight from the jump. Because I was like, hell yeah, right. that's that's my shit. <laughs> that was like one of my favorites growing up. So I was so hyped up. And my Hawk does fantastic in her opening role, in her Drew Barrymore-esque role as being the first victim. And yeah, The killer... Is a runner, a track star, like <laughs> hauls ass across this. Um, I, I'm assuming that's the food court, just hauls ass so fast just to tackle and murder this girl. And then she's like, It's me, girl. He he done been new. <laughs> he does not care that it's you, girl. <laughs> but yeah, fun little opening scene. Um, I will say though that the killer's whole well, the school face killer, his whole get up girl, I'm tired. She is a tired little outfit from Halloween, from like Party City. But that's the whole point. Like it literally comes, it comes from the store that he works at. He takes no effort to hide who he is. (laughs) He had an employee discount. (laughs) It's just, it's it's not the most exciting choice, Um, but it's cute, whatever. But yeah, we get... A whole bunch of nonsense in this movie. Uh, the hospital scene's really fun, even though it makes no sense. And hey, listen, with these movies, a lot doesn't make sense. Like, let's just let's check that out the window and let's get rid of it. Who cares? It's a Fear Street movie or movies. And Fear Street in itself, I mean, go back and read those books, girl. They are silly. Sometimes they don't make sense. And sometimes they're so over the top. But at times they're very, gr- uh, very brutal and very uncomfortable to read and that's kind of what the vibe that this movies or these films are giving and I'm as I kind of rewatch them I kind of start to see more of Fear Street in them which I think is what matters most because I think unfortunately probably with a lot of people I went into this first movie expecting like the perfect slasher movie like expecting something that's just going to pay love to all the slashers that came before it which it does and it does it pretty uh pretty well at times but Mm -hmm. I was probably expecting more than what was given and as I've been re-watching them and kind of going back through them and like you know and reintroducing myself uh to the free street books and stuff like it just feels right yeah but this movie is great I mean obviously the saving grace with this movie and the best part of it is that like the last 30 minutes the last 20 minutes or so that take place inside that grocery store ma'am oh that whole grocery store scene I live for a grocery store scene um ever since i saw my bloody valentine Same. i've been waiting for another one we love we live it was so good and the lighting was just so delicious the bread slicer <laughs> the bread slicer <laughs> i have not stopped thinking about it at all every like time iconic. i see a loaf of bread <laughs> like iconic like literally iconic like spoilers to anybody who hasn't seen 1994 at this point uh but kate who is my favorite character in the movie anyways it's like she mm. just does not give a fuck <laughs> that's because she's you that's she's why exactly. <laughs> the only one that's logical the only one like bitch let's just kill sam you know how much in that first watch the entire time i was like just throw sam in the hallway who, right just kill her just kill her and then when kate's like she's they're not coming for us girl let's just get rid of sam i was like I was like, yes, honey, you are everything I need. You are the type of bitch I need. But she's also like dedicated, a good friend, uh, bitchy, sure. But she's my favorite character. So for her to go out in the most iconic way possible and probably the best death that we're going to get out of this entire trilogy, I'm here for it. What is the the white friend's name? The boy. Simon? Yeah, I feel like I'm Simon. Yeah, very that. Yeah, but also with like 
the younger kids like knowledge of true crime oh josh he is also probably one of my favorites in this movie him right. and kate and i'm so sad that they didn't get to like be together in the end i know kind of teasing something between them because he's like super sweet and nice and like she's like i guess more clueless yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like the more hard aggressive type but they were so cute together simon and his whitey tidies in that bathroom he was like did everybody have sex and he <laughs> And they're like, yeah, and he's on me too. I was like, wow, I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he's also so cute with his little sweater. It's like off his, coat, off his shoulder. I was like, oh, he's so adorable. Honestly, his kill is beautiful. Quick, but yeah, cool. It's a pretty, it's, I don't know, that shot's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I really, that whole entire scene's amazing. And them, I will not stop laughing at Dina, like just grabbing Sam and just, shoving her face into that fish tank or that lobster tank and like trying to get her to drown. Who, Who takes knew? that long to drown? She, yeah. Who knew she could hold her breath that long because my God, girl. Like literally people are getting their heads shoved into bread slicers while you are just holding your breath. No girl, just open your mouth and take the water into your lungs and just go die. Like, why are you fighting this? Also the, f- the whole fact that like, there's a lobster tank in this grocery store. Complete nostalgia. <laughs> I remember when Walmart had those hoes. <laughs> I don't know say, why we thought that was a good idea to have lobsters living in New Mexico, but. Girl, we, people were eating. Mm. They were eating those lobsters straight in the desert. They did not give a fuck. I will, die. I will say, though, I was fucking dying of laughter uh, in the shot where, like, Sam's throwing up all the medication and, like, Dina looks and it, like, zooms in on the tank and it's just a lobster <laughs> by himself in the tank. I was like, oh, they're going to kill her with the lobster? I was, like, so confused. With the like, lobster? <laughs> like, Is she allergic to cell shift? Shell shift. <laughs> so, Shellfish. Shell <laughs> I thought they were going to pinch her to death, girl. Like, they were going to slay her down and just have the lobster pinch at her until she, like, bled to Imagine death. a slower death than her drowning. <laughs> Yeah, but that grocery store scene was great. It was amazing. Um, everybody dies, but the three main characters anyways. But by the end of the movie, oh, well, I guess we kind of glossed over it completely. Everything's because of a witch. <laughs> <laughs> a witch is controlling everything. A witch is like taking a curse on this town. And by the end of the movie, Sarah Fear, the witch in question, possesses Sam and Dina and Josh, who are the only ones alive from this movie, are like trying to figure out how to help sam and so they eventually reach out to because josh again is like a sleuth he knows everything he's mystery man over here he just he knows everything he knows everybody who was involved in every single incident that's happening in shady side uh, but he's able to get them in contact with a girl who was a part of the camp nightwing massacre of 78 where a whole bunch of shady shiders uh shady siders were murdered and so that gets us into the last film that we kind of want to cover which is 1978 so were you able to finally finish 1978 it was yes i watched it at work <laughs> okay so what which honestly questionable because there's a lot of titties so much titty so much sex in this movie I'm so confused. much sex <laughs> i mean not confused i mean very much you know paying uh homage to all of those camp slasher films of the right, right, early right. 80s late 70s like they were doing it up i completely enjoyed 1978 like an insane amount as i figured you would it's so good to me it's just like everything i want in the slasher i think it's great and i i mean i haven't seen 1666 yet but i feel like 78 is probably gonna be my favorite of the trilogy i know for a fact 94 is gonna be my favorite that's great i while 78 is enjoyable i'm not saying that I just, that's just never been my aesthetic. And I knew that you were going to live for it. So I fully expected you to come to the table with us. Yeah, I loved it. It's full classic slasher. I mean, 99, uh, 94 definitely kind of tries to, again, pay homage to like the late 90s slashers. I mean, Scream's probably its biggest influence, but they're mm-hmm. also like very influenced by the colors of the 90s. And the music was great. And they do a good job. But yeah, 78, just, I feel like they, did what 1994 was trying to do in paying homage to these slasher films and just like does it like yeah 1994 uh, was definitely still trying to kind of be its own thing which i appreciated um again i went into it probably expecting kind of the vibe that 78 gave me i was kind of expecting that same vibe from 94 but they went in a little bit of a different direction um they still kept it very true to the story they were trying to tell but 78 i think has the luxury of being able to just 
do that. Just going to be a one quick one-off massacre. You know what I'm saying? 94 was building up the bigger story of all the movies. So 78, I think, had the breathing room to be able to just be a quick, fun slash movie mm-hmm. where a whole bunch of kids are just getting cut the fuck up at the <laughs> at this cabin. Literally, fuck them kids. They are getting hacked left and right, girl. The fact that Alice lives so fucking long because she is the stereotypical, like, she's doing drugs, she's having sex, she's quote-unquote the bad kid, she's the one that's going to die first. The fact that she lives so long in this movie is amazing to me. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. 1978 is insane. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just like full slasher. The mean girl, like, right from the jump is just like so fucking so reminiscent of Judy from Sleepaway Camp Girl. Like, the entire time I was like, this is Judy from Sleepaway Camp. Right. And she doesn't die, spoiler alert, which is unfortunate. I'm sad that we didn't get to see her die, but she was a great mean girl. But yeah, 1978 was fun. I feel like the tone itself was also just a little bit more direct. Um, It definitely felt very reminiscent, like I said, of a slasher. So it didn't feel like they were also trying to adhere to a more young audience, I guess, with a lot of what they were doing. It just felt full-blown, like, gore blood from the beginning and i just enjoyed it immensely maybe that's what they're shooting for is like 94 will appeal to the teens and like uh 78 is going to be like more sophisticated and 1666 is going to be like full-blown horror hopefully yeah maybe because maybe like 94 definitely kind of felt more teeny boppy (laughs) a little bit still very gory still had a lot going on in it still of course the adult situations but yeah a little bit more yeah, like older teenager, like early 20s kind of vibe. Uh, 78 definitely felt like it was adhering to the older crowd. I guess you can say people who grew up with like those slasher movies of the 80s. Because that's just, that's really what it was. I feel like with 1666, like you said, maybe a little bit more slow burn, maybe. Probably would adhere to more of like The Conjuring and like The Witch and The Babadook. Probably a lot more slow burn. I, yeah. I'm just assuming, which I think is kind of cool. I mean, the first two films are both like slasher films, even though they kind of look at them in different ways. Um, so if they can kind of also incorporate a different type of subgenre or like flow in the sixth, uh, in the 1666, I would really enjoy it. Same. But yeah. Lots of sex in 78, lots of death. I mean, deaths are a lot more quick. Nothing really iconic happens in, in that movie. I would say like nothing sticks out to me. Just a lot of acts throwing <laughs> there's a lot of acts throwing a lot of sex uh the stoner girl's death is very funny because she's just standing at the door <laughs> where she gets her ass chopped uh very reminiscent obviously of uh friday the 13th the axe kill mm-hmm. in that film yeah it's just fun but what are the adults they just don't exist on that camp at all no i mean they don't exist in either movie which is whatever it's a fear street film but the cops the only one in 94 literally and literally no adults at all like they have two of the older counselors like running around trying to wrangle all the kids while there's a mass murderer uh, running around i'm like what like where are where's the adult supervision at this camp nowhere they trusted the teens and they went off to Who's town cooking the food the teens i need uh, to know where's the cook where's anybody where's the cook the cook's dead probably somewhere yeah but it's great i love it i love the acting sadie sink does phenomenal as ziggy in this movie i mean I think she does great. Uh, and I mean, they also kind of play us as well because we're expecting her to die the entire film. And at the end, I will say also, like just the development of the sister's relationship is, I think it's really good. I think it's well done. Yeah, I like it. I really enjoy a good sibling development. Yeah, because unlike Dina and Sam in the first movie, like they are, we're also thrown into like a very toxic spot in their relationship. And I mean, their story isn't like, anything like new or remarkable like you know they're going through a divorce and you know all of that but like they still build up the relationship throughout the movie they allow them each to kind of learn and grow as individuals and when they come together again like they're able to talk and actually have like a deep conversation that I feel works um to kind of help really develop their character so by the end when they're both getting wailed on it's just it's really emotional it really yeah is. the fact that they were able to like not mend things, but to gain an understanding of each other and start to develop a relationship only for it to be Take brutally away. taken away. Because <laughs> <laughs> the fucking witch girl. And they're also mm-hmm. like on a whole journey with the witch. I'm so excited to see what happens with 1666 because in this one and 78, they were like trying to bring her hand back to her body. Because in the first one, they just tried to bury her. Didn't do anything. Uh, they wrap this- her in Peter's jacket. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that going to do, girl? Right. 
But um, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. I really, really am. I mean, out of both films, what is your favorite moment of either one? The bread slicer? Um, yes. Honestly, just the entire grocery store scene. Yeah, I think that's the best part of the series so far, of the trilogy. Yeah. Um, I think that's the best part of 94 for sure. Because um, there's always, in every movie, I feel like there's one scene that sticks out. Like, we'll say, I know what you did last summer. It's Helen, her chase scene. Um, in Scream, it's probably, like, oh, the, reveal. <laughs> <laughs> the, the reveal. The reveal of, like, uh, Billy and Stu is probably the most, like, meme part of it all. So, like, there's always, like, one particular clip and so I feel like for 1994, it's definitely going to be the grocery store scene. If if not the whole trilogy, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the whole trilogy is really going to have a staple in horror. It's great. It's such a fun event. It's so fun to see here and wait weekly to watch these movies. They each deliver something a little bit different, but at the same time still feels like it's part of the same story. So it's just really enjoyable. But yeah, I mean, we didn't really give too much detail. Maybe one day we can come back and like do a full discussion on, if not the whole trilogy. Do all three, yeah. Yeah, maybe do one. But again, we're just going to do a quick catch up with everything that we've been doing, some general thoughts. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to be back. Um, we do have our schedule planned for the rest of the year. So I'm very excited for the future of Slasher. I really am so excited. I'm very happy to be back. Um Fear Street definitely, uh, you know, rushed us Rekindled back Rekindled us, yeah. Because <laughs> when I watched those, when I did a double feature of them, I was like, girl, like, depression who? Like, anxiety where? Like, let's go talk about Fear Street. So <laughs> I'm really excited to be back. Uh, we wouldn't come back, though, of course, if we weren't ready to do any of it. So definitely thanks, guys, just as always, for sticking by us and for understanding everything that we go through. I mean, we're human beings. This isn't easy, but it's an enjoyable we have a good time doing it and we want to be able to keep doing it so just continue to support us subscribe uh rate us obviously on apple Podcasts if you can do that because that definitely helps us out so much um this is a quick catch-up episode we're going to get back to our full breakdown discussion research nonsense starting next week uh we have some fun movies for the rest of july we're going to kind of keep up with just like a woodsy theme pretty much woodsy <laughs> you know a little fun uh for the rest Act of july <laughs> but moving forward each month is we're continuing with our themes ladies so we're really excited september is going to be a fucking blast should we just tell them what september is going to be oh my god september is the most fun that i've ever seen oh well, i completely skipped august august is yeah you did blast. <laughs> uh august is academic horror so yeah we're doing academic horror uh initially just kind of sticking to any horror films that revolve around any type of schooling facility <laughs> is our goal but september we're doing a horror movies based off of video games or horror surrounded or i don't know video game horror is what we're doing so yeah like silent hill we're doing stay alive we're doing do we want to give it all away no fun stuff is coming up guys there is yeah it's fun we're doing we're trying to do a theme for each month and hopefully we can adhere to it but once again our tagline is delusional so <laughs> we're doing our best <laughs> uh we've been also messing around with t-shirts a little bit so hopefully we can get uh, a limited supply of t-shirts up and going eventually we're kind of dealing with like you know being quality picky, yeah quality <laughs> we're just being very picky uh but we're working on it i mean it's it's all up in air um but honestly let us know if you have any ideas anything that you would want for merch if you even want merch at all like yeah hit us up we're very open to i wouldn't say criticism because we are both very sensitive but <laughs> 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 just ideas i just mean back from a whole month break and we're like mm, throw all your opinions at ve- it <laughs> very nicely worded opinions no just kidding <laughs> i give us what you can whatever we're yeah, here just let us know i mean we're again i mean we're just hoping to direct with our listeners as much as we can um so we're definitely trying to figure out ways to kind of start doing that more frequently i know we have a, like a, a discord server set up but again we I'm, do she's dead we're gonna try and figure her out um hopefully maybe we can like start doing like dvd nights dead by daylight nights or something we really want to do get be more involved um but i mean we started in the middle of a pandemic and honestly we're still in the thick of it so we're learning as we go 
yeah we're doing our best and i mean we really are doing this like all on our own so like we kind of came to flying by the seat of our hands yeah we came into the horror community and doing our podcast literally by ourselves knowing nobody knowing nothing and the fact that we've been able to get to the point where we are now um it's i made so many friends yeah so many friends being able to be on so many different podcasts and just it's crazy we were just in uh the grim journal for pride month oh my god yes i forgot we haven't been able to mention that we're in a whole ass magazine, bitches. <laughs> so you can definitely look at, at Grim Journal on Twitter because I mean they have a link in there. You can always go look and purchase the um Pride Edition. It was like a special Pride Edition that they did for the Fright Gown uh festival, which is great. And yeah, the fact that we were able to do all this and literally just out of nowhere, just kind of walk onto Twitter and walk onto you know, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and just like here we are. Um, I'm so proud of us. Again, I mean, it is a lot, and I think. Quite honestly, kind of, it, you know, just being honest with everybody. I mean, the fact that we've been able to do this stuff and still are growing, it is overwhelming. So on top of just personal life in general, thank you guys just for, you know, understanding that if we- Loving need, us. <laughs> yeah. If we need breaks, girl, we need breaks because, yeah, it was a tough month. But I'm very excited to be back. I'm so excited and just looking forward to everything that we get to do for you guys. Team. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much every podcasting website that you can think of. Uh, we do have an email slash her pod at gmail.com. It's all one word. Um, yeah, just hit us up. Love us. Join us for the rest of this year. We'll see where we go from there. (laughs) Yeah. Excited, guys. And we're so excited to be back next week. So until then, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.